Today on the newscast, Assad tells Putin he wants Russian troops in Syria permanently as Russia, China, and Iran conduct major military drills in the Middle East this week. Get all the breaking details next. Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. It is hard to believe, but the Syrian civil war began 12 years ago this week. Now, that horrific, bloody conflict has claimed the lives so far of over 500,000 people. The regime of Bashar al-Assad has largely won out with a healthy dose of assistance, of course, from the Iranian regime, Hezbollah, and Russia. When Russia entered the fray, in September 2015 and sent forces to Syria to help Assad, it really tipped the scales. And it was only a matter of time after that when Assad once again took control of most of the country. Now, Russia is still there. Iran is still there. Hezbollah, as we document regularly here on the newscast, they are at Israel's doorstep. They've set up shop in Syria. And folks, guess what? They are there to stay. And if you had any doubts, Bashar al-Assad visited with Putin yesterday and made that abundantly clear. I thought that what he said was pretty stunning. I'm going to share it with you in a minute. Before I do, I just want to encourage you to subscribe to the Watchman News channel right here on YouTube. Click the notification bell. Give us a thumbs up. We are covering the kinds of stories that you're just not seeing in the mainstream media for such a time as this. And Bashar al-Assad had quite a time in Moscow yesterday meeting with Vladimir Putin. Number one, he pledged Syria's support for Russia's war in Ukraine, much like Iran has done. Russia, as we've been telling you here in the newscast, folks, continues to draw closer to Iran and Syria, not to mention China. More on that in a minute. But to hear Assad verbalize this, he told Putin that he actually wants more Russian troops and more Russian military bases in his country in Syria. Not only that, he said, we would like you to have a presence in our country permanently. So the leader of what was once, I guess, a sovereign nation, Syria, no longer in the wake of the civil war, where everyone has a piece of the pie, Iran, Russia, Turkey's there as well. Assad is telling Russia, we don't want you to leave. We want you to have even more of a presence here. And as a matter of fact, we want you to stay here for good. Now, Assad, there's been some reports over the years, a few things here, some reports that he is disenchanted with the Iranian presence. He'd like Iran to go. And Iran says, yeah, right, we're not going anywhere. Secondly, over the years, some have said, and I've heard this firsthand in talking to some so-called experts, both in the U.S. and in the Middle East, who have told me, look, Russia is only in Syria for a short time. They're going to help Assad prevail and bolster their client. Then they'll go back to Russia, especially now they're so distracted by the Ukraine war. And we know that Russia has removed some of its forces from Syria to reposition them in Ukraine. But folks, I've been saying all, all along, I've been saying it since September 2015, when Vladimir Putin's forces entered Syria, Russia is there to stay. Vladimir Putin wants to project power on not only a regional scale, but a global scale. He wants to reassert the Soviet-era dominance and presence when the Soviets were so present and active in the Middle East. 
This is his foothold, Syria. Not only that, he's got an air base there, and he has a warm water port on the Mediterranean, all in Syria. He's not going anywhere. Too crucial to his strategic end game and goals. Not to mention, he's on the doorstep of a whole lot of natural gas and oil in the Middle East. So he is strategically positioned there. And Israel is watching all of this very closely, and that's an understatement. Look, Israel is already unnerved by the Russian presence at its doorstep. We've described this for you on the newscast on a practically daily basis. Russia controls the airspace over Syria right now. And Israel needs freedom of movement in Syria to strike against Iran and Hezbollah and the Assad regime as they set up shop at Israel's doorstep with the intent to launch attacks against the Jewish state. So needless to say, Israel has this understanding of sorts with Russia. They call it the deconfliction mechanism, where Israel at times gives Russia a heads up, hey, we're coming in, we're going to strike Iran. And Russia has so far stood aside and allowed Israel to do that. <clears throat> now, Assad clearly doesn't like this, doesn't like the Israeli presence. Syria and Israel are still technically in a state of war and have been for decades. So Assad resents these Israeli activities on his soil, which have also targeted at times Assad regime forces as well. And he's saying to Russia, hey, come on down. You have to believe that some of his motivation here is to send a message to Israel and blunt Israeli activity on Syrian soil. Assad is thinking, the more we have a Russian presence here, the more hesitant Israel will be to strike on our soil. Not only that, it kind of counterbalances, not kind of, it does counterbalance the Iranian presence in Syria and the Turkish presence in Syria. Neither Turkey or Iran, much like Russia, have shown any inclination that they want to leave Syria. So Assad is saying, okay, we have essentially been a Russian client state for decades. Not only Bashar al-Assad, the current Syrian leader, but his father, Hafez al-Assad, was also very cozy with Soviet Russia. Assad is very comfortable with the Russians. And he's saying, hey, you come on down and you stay for good. It sends a message to Israel. And again, Iran and Turkey might think twice about certain moves in the country. Folks, listen, Putin was staying in Syria, whether Assad wanted it or not. But clearly, when Assad is saying, we want you here and verbalizing it to Putin's face, it has to make Putin feel pretty good about himself and, again, his strategic blueprint for the Middle East. Now, speaking of which, we've talked about the Syria-Russia relationship. Again, Israel none too happy about Assad meeting with Putin and saying, hey, come and stay for good. Again, folks, this is at Israel's doorstep. It comes at a precarious time when Russia and Iran are drawing closer, which also could have implications for Israel's presence and activities in Syria. So Israel is observing all of this, and they are not liking what they are seeing. In the meantime, talking about Russian alliances and presence in the Middle East right now, this week through Sunday, we have Russia, Iran, and China conducting naval drills in the Gulf of Oman. Now, this is the third time in the past few years, 2019 and 2022 as well, these three nations part of what I call the Gathering Storm Coalition, Russia, Iran, China, and North Korea. This is the third time these three members of that Gathering Storm Coalition 
have joined together and conducted major military drills in the past few years in the Middle East. Of course, as we outlined today, Russia wants a presence there. They are there to stay. Iran is obviously a Middle Eastern nation. They're looking to flex their muscle greater throughout the region. But folks, China. China also, like Russia, has larger designs outside of their region. And it always seems that nations with superpower aspirations are pulled down to the world's most strategic and chaotic region, the Middle East. Now, China last week, as we reported here in the newscast, brokered that deal between Saudi Arabia and Iran. These two countries, which were at loggerheads for the better part of seven years, now are set to restore diplomatic relations. Israel is none too happy about that as well. But China now sees itself as a major player in the Middle East increasingly and to take arguably the two most influential Muslim nations. Saudi Arabia, certainly on the Sunni side, Iran, certainly on the Shia side, and bring them together and broker what seemed like an unlikely peace deal at the very time that Israel was saying, hey, we may be about to strike peace with Saudi Arabia and bring them into the Abraham Accords. China sees that as a coup for its international standing and its reputation in particular in the Middle East. So the timing of these drills, again, this week, no coincidence, the regime in Beijing flexing its muscle as well. And the U.S. response was rather interesting. A White House spokesman said, well, we're watching it. All nations conduct drills, and we're watching it closely. Kind of uh, a shrug of the shoulders. At the same time, yes, all nations do conduct drills. We reported here in the newscast on Tuesday, if you missed it, check it out in our archives, that the U.S. and Israel, the U.S. and Israeli Air Forces, are conducting a joint drill right now in Nevada. So yes, nations do conduct drills, but when arguably your three greatest adversaries, Iran, China, and Russia, are together conducting major military drills in the world's most strategic and chaotic region, where, by the way, U.S. troops are still stationed, you would think that might garner more of a response. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here today on the Watchman Newscast. Until tomorrow, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.